0: Appreciate that good singing. And, uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. We've been talking for the last few weeks about reaching uh, and uh, started by talking about, uh, you know, bright and fulfilling hope of the future for us as God's people in our church here, but uh, the, the people of God overall, uh, and how we reach our full redemptive potential. That's so, we, we all want to reach our potential, don't we? Uh, but it's very sad that most folks don't reach uh, their potential. I think that's one of the the saddest things when we stand in heaven, Uh, And we stand before the Lord. uh, And Paul tells us that we're going to give an account for the things that we do. Now, those things aren't going to determine whether we get in or get out. That's determined by whether our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the only way that we get to heaven. But Paul says that we're going to give an account. And I think that perhaps the Lord may show us what we could have accomplished but didn't for various reasons. Not because the Lord didn't want us to, uh, and maybe not even because we didn't want to. Because, as Paul said in Romans chapter 6, he said, the desire was, is, is within me to do what's good and right, but the flesh is weak. And we so often fail uh, to reach our potential because we just simply don't do it. And so, uh, you know, we talked last week about how one of the most important, in fact, the first and the critical thing, if we're going to reach our potential, means we've got to reach up. Because you cannot be who God created you to be, and this church cannot be what God created it to be without God in the middle of it. And this church if cannot what, be what if God, God created it to be if God is not in your life without God in the middle of it. Ooh, that's kind of spooky. And this church if cannot God, be what if God, if God, God is. If God is not in to your life without guts God. You've some feedback. I'm going to stop for just a moment and let them figure that out. I'm trying to reconnect all your faithful accounts and shut down. I'm trying to reconnect. So I'm trying to play. Okay. All I'm doing is <laughs> you now, so i Okay, that's all right. We got All right. <laughs> like I got it here for myself, thought maybe I was, something else was happening, and uh, anyhow, all right, back to our regular scheduled program, so we we need God in our life, and we need God in our church, and he needs to not just be there, but he needs to be the very center of it, and so we have to reach out, and today we're going to talk about reaching in, uh, you know, the, the uh, we talk a lot about, it, and the Bible talks about, and we're going to talk next week about reaching out. But I want us to understand: you can't reach out until you've reached in and the inside, and until you're healthy. You can't help others if you're, you know, uh, you know knocking on death's door. You're not going to be able to deliver anybody from a fire or anything like that. Uh, that's why, you know, when you're flying on the airplane, uh, they always tell you if you know, put your mask on first uh, before helping your children or others because if you don't put your mask on and there's no ox you know, the oxygen's been sucked out of the plane or whatever for whatever reason, you ain't gonna be good to anybody because you're gonna be passed out. Uh, and unfortunately there's sometimes we as Christians get in that state. Um, and so today we're gonna talk about reaching in. Several years ago, uh, Hillary Clinton wrote a book uh, that was called Takes a Village. Uh, And she, through that book, talks about how it just doesn't take one parent, even two parents, to raise a child. It takes a whole community to raise a child. And she didn't think of that herself, clearly. Uh, You know, there's several African proverbs that that teach that um, and she kind of did that but there's some truth to that and I think we'll see from Galatians chapter 6 this morning that it takes a village to raise a Christian it takes a village to raise a Christian you need to understand you cannot be what God intends for you to be by yourself You cannot be what God wants you to be without being a part of a local church. And so let's take a look at what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6. He says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows in his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap uh, if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the Apostle Paul, writing to the churches in Galatia, which was a read there were several churches in this area, most of, many Paul had started uh, on his missionary journeys, and he writes this uh, to correct some errors, but also to uh, bring about some teaching. And he's wrapping up, and he says, listen, remember... You need one another. You need to understand that you cannot live the Christian life alone. And that we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all part of the family of God. Probably there's members of your family that, man, you love to see them. And man, when reunion time comes, or when you're all gathered together, as a family, man, they just... Your face lights up, and you're just so happy to see them. But your family also probably has one or two that, when you see them, hide your face, (laughs) try to avoid them. There's people that you would like to take the scissors to the family tree and just snip that branch off. No, I'm just teasing. But we can't do that. And we love them because they're family. And the family of God is supposed to be like that. There are people now, most of the time, all of us are pretty good folks and we're pretty lovable and we're easy to get along with. But all of us have moments, sometimes we have weeks, sometimes we have years, where we turn into the Grinch. And we're sourpusses, and we're miserable to be around. And it's hard to be around those folks, but it, you remember that movie, the Grinch, and the wrench moves to that to the mountain by himself. And what did it take for him to change? It was being around other people. Because when we're alone, when we isolate ourselves... We do great harm to ourselves. And so Paul says, listen, you need to understand it takes a village. And so as he wraps up this letter to the church uh, uh, in Galatia, uh, he wants them to understand three important things. And the first is, that we all need restoration. There are things that we can do ourselves, but there are things we can't do ourselves, and we need others to help us. A week and a half ago now, I woke up on a Wednesday morning and wasn't real sure who I was and uh, just didn't feel good and knew something wasn't right. And uh, Leslie, I said, Leslie, I need to, go to the doc- come take me to the doctor. When she didn't take me to the doctor, she took me to the hospital. And they rushed me in. Well, if I would have said, I'll just fix it myself. Chances are pretty good I'd be dead, and I wouldn't be here. Because there's nothing I could do to fix that. But God had gifted some men and women with some great knowledge. And through speed and medicine and uh, all kinds of tests. And so a couple days later, I was better and got to go back home. Just as our bodies sometimes get sick, our spiritual life sometimes gets sick. And the reality is it happens to all of us. Because we live in a broken, fallen world. And because we live in this broken, fallen world that's constantly trying to pull us away from Christ, there's times we veer off from what God intends for us to do. And we get off the path that God intends for us to be on. And if we're not a part of a body of believers, there's not anybody to pull us back in. And so Paul says, listen, if someone has uh, been overtaken with trespass, in other words, they've gotten off the path. He said, you that are spiritual, go and get them. And bring them back. Well, how on earth is somebody that's spiritual supposed to know that a brother or sister is off the path. Well, they know because they've lived with them. They know them. They're concerned for them and they, they love them. There's no such thing as a perfect church. I know some people that bounce around churches trying to find one. And the reality is, they're never going to. Because every church that's made up of human beings is imperfect and has its issues. And yet God has established and says, Listen, I'm going to use the church as an agent of restoration. God has told His people even way back in the Old Testament, remember, even He tells in Isaiah... Uh, that there to be lights to the Gentiles, lights to the world. Jesus picked up that analogy in a Sermon on the Mountain, the Gospel of Matthew. So you know what, you don't put a light under a bushel. Now you light a light, you put it in the middle of the room so everybody that's in the room can see. Jesus was making the point that as God's people, we need to be a light to this world, that the world needs us. But the reality is that not only does the world need the church, but the church needs the church. The church doesn't need, just need a preacher. Do we need a preacher? Yeah, you need a preacher. And we don't just need people to pit fill up pews. We do need that. But not just for that, because we need each other. Because we all are prone to wander away from God, and we need brothers and sisters that love us and care for us to draw us back. And we need brothers and sisters that we can go to and say, you know what, I'm really struggling, pray for me. The last couple, you know, I I pray uh, every day and have prayed for missionaries and, you know, pray for others, uh, but this last week I've needed their prayer. You may not be the one that needs the prayer today, but you probably will be tomorrow. So you better pray for others today so that they'll pray for you tomorrow when you need it. But Paul wants to remind us that there are a time when we need restoration. We understand that we are broken. And the reality is, try as we might, we can't fix ourselves. We can't put ourselves back together. But there is one who can, and his name is Jesus. And part of Jesus putting us back together and helping us to find the new life and the purpose that he created us for is by putting us in a local body of believers. Every one of us is different. We have different likes, we have different talents, we have different... Lots of things. We like different music. We like different food. And yet, God put us here because we need one another. God says, listen, it's great that you have diversity. The church would be a very boring place if everybody was just like me or if everybody was just like you. You know, I, if everybody in the church sang like me, we'd be in big trouble. God has has gifted us with all kinds of different abilities. So the, the body of Christ might be whole. But not only that the body of Christ might be whole, but the individuals that make up the church might be whole. You see, you can't be whole by yourself. Because you were not made to survive by yourself. You were made to need a relationship with God. And you were made to need a relationship with other people. And so Paul reminds him, listen, and he said, listen, don't you dare think though that you're so high and mighty that you're not going to need restoration someday. Paul made the point that we all need it at some point. And so Paul says, listen, understand that it may not be you today. You might be the one delivering somebody today or pulling them back, but it might be you tomorrow. So you take care and you understand the reality that you're not perfect either. And so he says, when you restore this person, you do it in love and grace. That does not come easy. Normally, we go and we rest Our human response is, "Let me grab me, get back over here, you moron! Uh, I told you not to do that. You're going to learn to listen to me one day." And yet, Paul says that we are to go and we're to restore them, we're to rescue them with love and grace. We're to bear one another's burdens. And there's some tension here. Because he also says he says, bear one another's burdens, but then he also says you carry your own load. And so how do we rescue that? And I think that brings us to the second thing. Not only do we need all need restoration, but we all need accountability. We need others to hold us accountable. so he said, listen, understand that we're there for one another. And we're there to help one another. But we're also there to hold one another accountable. We're, we're there to say, listen, he says, let, let us bear our own burdens. But then he said, listen... Bear each other's burdens, but carry your own load. And see, when you're carrying your load, you know, sometimes what we do is we forget we're not called to carry our load by ourselves. And sometimes we carry loads we're not called to carry. I know a lot of people who carry around guilt for years and years about various things that they've done and the reality is Jesus says hey if it's under the blood of Jesus it's forgotten and it's forgiven if so God has forgiven it you need to let it go quit carrying it around Jesus said this he said if you're burdened you've got this heavy weight come to me because my burden is light and my yoke is easy. It doesn't mean that serving Jesus and living the Christian life is easy. We all know it's not. And if anybody tells you it is, they're lying to you. They're saying it's hard sometimes, and it's not a bed of roses, and it's not all smooth sailing. But here's the thing, when Jesus is going with us, he helps us carry the load. Not only is Jesus helping us carry the load, but when we've plugged into a local body of believers, and the church is being the church that it's supposed to be, the load gets a lot lighter as well. Because we know we're not alone. Now, one of the greatest deceptions that Satan will try to throw at us is to make us think we're the only ones battling, that we're, it's all on us. But well, the reality is, there's one Savior, but it ain't you. But this world, and Satan, and even us sometimes, will get to making us think it's us. And the reality is it's not us, it's him. And so, as far as accountability, you know, that we need, he said, listen, you know who you are. And you know who you belong to, and you know the burden that you're, or the load that you're supposed to be carrying, and you carry it. But know and understand that who you are is not who you are in your sight. Or who you are... In Satan's sights, or this world's sights, who you are is who God says you are. And God says you are valuable, you are precious, you are royalty, and if you're a child of God, he says you're forgiven. But being forgiven does not mean that we just go out and do what we want to. And so we have to be willing to live life together and say, listen, I want others to to be around so that when I get off course, somebody can say, hey, listen, you're going the wrong way. Come back this way. Or that when I'm struggling, somebody say, hey, listen, that load looks a little heavy. Let me help you. We all need accountability. We all need others. You were created to know God and to need God in your life. And you were created by God to not only know Him and need Him, but to need others. So he says, don't be mocked, or understand, don't be fooled, that God will not be mocked. For what a man reaps, or what he sows, rather, he will also reap. And so Paul say, listen, if, if we sow to worldly things, the end of that is going to be destruction. Because that's going to be the end of this world. This world's headed for destruction. Satan is headed for defeat. And if we're on his team, that's what our end is going to be as well. But Paul says, listen, God is destined for victory. And here's the thing, we choose what team we're on. And there's a whole lot of people that put on their jersey that says Jesus, but in reality, they're playing for the devil. They've got the Jesus shirt on, but any Jesus shirt that saves them and makes them part of the team, it's knowing Jesus is Lord and Savior. And living for Him. And so we need accountability. We need others. We need others so that when we get off course, they'll say, hey, listen, you've gotten off course. We need others so that when we're battling, we can call and say, hey, listen, I'm really struggling, and I need you to pray for me. We need others so that when we've gone off on the wrong road, somebody can come and find us and say, listen, I'm here for you. Let's get back where you're supposed to be. But if we decide we're going to do it all our own, when we get off course, there's not going to be anybody there to rescue us. And when that burden becomes too heavy, there's not going to be anybody that we can call to help us carry it. And so we all need accountability. We need others to help us to realize and to see the good and the bad. Accountability is not just about somebody to say, hey, listen, you're going the wrong way. Accountability is also celebrating, hey, listen, you're on the right path. (laughs) Look at what God has done in you. And look what God is doing through you. And so we all need accountability. And then finally this morning, not only do we all need restoration and we all need accountability, we all need encouragement. The reality is if you live life by yourself, you are going to be very discouraged. Because this world is a hot mess. And a lot of things in your life are a hot mess. And if you're left to your own, you say, oh man, there's no hope. But when there's others, say, you know what? Yeah, this world, oh my goodness, it is a hot mess. But you know what? God is good. And God is faithful, and, and, and God has taken this messy old world and, how, and its brokenness, and man, through history, He's done some amazing things. And the great thing is, He's still on the throne, and He's still doing His work. And so, He says, listen, don't lose heart. Don't give up. understand that it may be you coming through a battle that might encourage somebody else. They say, hey, listen, if that moron can come through and do something for God, God can surely use me. And so Paul wraps up uh, in these last couple of verses. They say, listen, hang in there. Don't give up. For in due season we'll reap what we've sowed. If you're doing good and you're trying to follow God and you're trying to uh, be the person that God created you to be, and you're working on yourself and trying to be a better you with the help of the Almighty, it will yield results. There will be fruit that will come out of it. Trees don't grow in a day. You don't plant an apple tree in the yard and the next day sprouts a bunch of apples. It takes a long time for an apple tree to become mature and get to the point where it can start putting out apples. But it's got to start somewhere, doesn't it? And when it starts small and somebody lovingly cares for it and it's watered and fertilized and weeds are kept away from it, and the tree is pruned, it gets stronger and stronger, doesn't it? And then it begins to produce more and more fruit. Well, the reality is the same for us in our Christian life. Paul said, listen, you need to understand you need this village because you need encouragement. It ought to be an encouragement to you when you come together as, as God's family. Say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm not in it alone. That brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they're, they're going through it too, and, and we're going through it together. And not only are we going through it together, but the Lord's going through it with us. As Paul says in Romans 8.1, if God is for us, who can be against us? There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so Paul says in, in our message to us today you know what? You want to be the person that God wants you to be. You need to reach out. You need may, to may make God the center of your life. But then you also need to reach in and understand that you have a part to play. And what you reap, you're going to sow. And so if you keep sowing the same seeds, you're going to keep reaping the same results. And if the results are not what you want, the answer is not sowing more of the same seeds. It's sowing different seeds. God did not create us to be broken. He created us to be made whole. And how we're made whole is by trusting in Him. By coming and saying, Lord, I can't. I'm broken and I need you. And we recognize that we're broken and we need Him. We notice there's others around us that are broken and need Him too. And so we are aware we're not the only ones. Friends, you do not have to be a member of a church to be saved. But you do have to be a part of a local church to be what God intends for you to be. Now, church is not all about you. And it's very dangerous when a lot of churches end up dying eventually because it does become all about them. And eventually, they die. And when they die, the church dies. But we need to understand that without some eyes, the church can't exist. But it's not about the eyes. As far as us, it's about Him. It's about the accountability. It's about knowing that we need restoration and we can't restore ourselves, but we know one who can. And we know that God uses His church to help bring restoration. The church is not meant to be a country club, it is meant to be a hospital for sinners. The world is sick, and it doesn't even realize it's sick. We need to come to church not so that we can be saved, but because we are. Because we need God, and we need one another. And hopefully, there are times when the encouragement, by the way, is not always a pat on the back. Sometimes it's a, hey, listen, you know you're not doing right. It should encourage us when God's Spirit speaks to us and convicts us of sin because it means that we belong to Him and that He loves us and that He wants better for our life. So we should see that as an encouragement. We need to understand there should be times when God does speak to us in words of conviction. But thankfully, He also sends words of joy. He said, I came, I, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. He came that I gave to give you joy and that your joy would be full. Coming to God's house and understanding that we are a people together and part of the family of God helps us to understand in order for us to be what God created for us to be we need one another. We not only need God, but we need one another. And so I pray that God will help us. And there's a place and a part that God has for each one of us to play in His perfect and wonderful plan. And the question is, are we going to play that part? Eh, I don't think I want to do that. Paul's admonition to the Galatian church and to us. Understand you're part of the body of Christ. And celebrate. I understand you need the church, and the church needs you. The reality is you can't love Jesus and hate the church. Although that's popular movement in our culture today. If you love Jesus... You love his people, too. Let's pray again. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, thank you for your grace and for your transforming power. Lord, thank you for the admonition that we've heard this morning from Galatians chapter 6. Help us to remember we reap what we sow. And if we want to reach our full potential as far as what you have for us, we've got to be sowing spiritual seed so that we can reap a spiritual harvest. Lord, forgive us when we try to do it ourselves. Forgive us when we try to think that we can live life alone and in our own way and in our own time. Lord, if there's one here today watching on the internet that doesn't know you, would you help them today to call out to receive the greatest gift one can ever receive, the gift of salvation through a personal relationship with the God Almighty? Simply acknowledging their sin and believing that you are the Son of God, that you paid the price for them on the cross of Calvary and confessing you as Lord. But Lord, maybe there's one of your children here today, and this message has been one that maybe has challenged them to say, you know what, I need to be connected to the body of Christ. Maybe there's one that you're calling to some area of service, and Lord, they've then I can't do. Lord, today maybe they need to surrender to you. Lord, however you speak to us, help us to remember we cannot reach our potential without reaching up to you and then reaching in to us and to one another. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be the people that you created us to be. Help our church to be the church you created it to be. It's in your name. Let's stand together we're going to sing this hymn of invitation as God spoke to you.